Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Well, how is everyone? Starting to enjoy this nice weather coming. And uh, it didn't make you miss church. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into the word here. We've got lots of scripture tonight. I'm just going into scripture a lot because it's better to hear God's word than my word. Right? And and to tell you the truth, I don't want to, you know, everyone's like, pastor says, like, no, God said. Let's, let's, Let's go there. Let's take it up with him if you got a problem with it because if we look at what God said, Hold ourselves to that. That's what's going to keep us. Um, but I, I want to just uh, go to something here. It's an interesting perspective and kind of springboard from here. Um, <clears throat> it's called Does Evil Exist? And uh, a university professor at a well-known institution of higher learning challenged his students with this question. Did God create everything that exists? And the student bravely replied, yes, he did. This is going on constantly. Um, Test, test. All right. And, uh, and so he said, yes, he did. And so God created everything the professor asked? Yes, yes, sir, he certainly did, the student replied. And the pre- pre- professor answered, if God created everything, then God created evil. And since evil exists, according to the principle that our works define who we are, then we can assume God is evil. So anything to discredit God and, and, or just say that it's obsolete, Um, is what's going on right now. Anyway, the student became quiet and did not answer the professor's hypothetical definition. The professor, quite pleased with himself, boasted to students that he had proven once more that the Christian faith was a myth. Another student raised his hand and said, may I ask you a question, professor? Of course, he said. The student asked him, professor, does cold exist? What kind of question is this? Of course it exists. Have you, have you never been cold? And the other student. And so the young man replied, in fact, sir, cold does not exist. According to the law of physics, what we consider cold is in reality the absence of heat. Every body or object is susceptible to study when it has, has or transmits energy. And heat is what makes a body or matter have or transmit energy. Absolute zero is total absence of heat, and all matter becomes inert inert, and incapable of reaction at that temperature. Cold does not exist. We have created this word to describe how we feel if we have no heat. The student continued, Professor, does darkness exist? The professor responded, of course it does. And the student replied, well, Sir, darkness does not exist. Darkness is in reality the absence of light. Light we can study, but not darkness. In fact, we can use Newton's prism to break white light into many colors and study the various wavelengths of each color. You cannot measure darkness. A simple ray of light can break into a world of darkness and and illuminate it. 
How can you know how dark a certain space is? You measure the amount of light present. Darkness is a term used by man to describe what happens when there's no light present. Finally, the young man asked the professor, sir, does evil exist? Now uncertain, the professor responded, of course, as I have already said, we see it every day. It's in the daily example of, of man's inhumanity to his fellow man. It is in the multitude of crime and violence everywhere in the world. These manifestations are nothing else but evil. To this, the student replied, evil does not exist, sir, or at least it does not exist unto itself. Evil is simply the absence of God. It is just like darkness and cold, a word that man has created to describe what happens when man does not have God's love present in his heart. It's like the cold that comes when there is no heat or darkness that comes when there is no light. And so, you know, a lot of times we focus on so much about evil or things that are not right or not good, and we can be so caught up in that, and yet something greater than that exists. Amen? And so we, you know, evil for whatever it is and why it's here, it, the fact is you remove God from the equation, it's allowed to exist. But God's not the, 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 the source of it. And so um, what we've got to see, and, and the scriptures tell us in, um, we'll start with the first scripture here, um, in uh, John 1. We'll start here. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen? And so the thing I want us to see today is the kingdom of light. We're, we've been looking at the kingdom of God and how we need to live in this kingdom. And the kingdom has many things. It has a whole monetary uh, financial system that we can live by. We're not going to get into that tonight, although Aaron touched a bit on it in terms of uh, honoring him with the tithe, that God, there's an exchange, and that, that covenant opens the door for God to work in a financial way in our lives beyond what we can do. But there's a, another, there's a kingdom of light that we live in. And it's far greater than the kingdom of darkness. Amen? And so many times we're like, oh, you know, or we're talking about the darkness. We're, we're going on and on about all these things that we see that are dark, dark, dark. And it's like, yeah, but the Bible says, let your light shine in darkness. And, and this is our time to let it shine. This is our time to... Because the Bible says that the light shines in darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. Amen? So it's not the issue of the darkness. How much light are you going to let come in? And Jesus is that light. And we're going to look at this. But I want us to, first of all, take it 
to the very end of this whole thing. And in the book of Revelations, we're not going to go into pro prophecy and all kinds of stuff, but there's so many things that are lining up even in the book of Revelation that are happening right now that we can look at and we're like, wow, you know, it's pretty scary. These things were talked about how long ago and, and they're all starting to unfold. They're all starting to happen. Yeah, they are. But let's look at the very end in Revelations 22. Let's go there. In um, actually Revelations 21. We'll go there first. And it says here in verse eight, 18. And it's talking about the new Jerusalem. So God's done an upgrade here. And he's like, he's created the new Jerusalem. And this is the end of the book of Revelations. And it's saying here, the wall was made of jasper. My wife's going to love this because it's all kinds of precious stones. She wants one stone of everything in the world eventually. If she doesn't get it here, she'll get it at the end, uh, in heaven. But she loves jewelry. And, and it says, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. How many know that's pretty, pretty clear gold? The wall of the city was built on, on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The identification of some of these gemstones is uncertain. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh uh, chrys chrysolite, the, the eighth beryl, and the ninth topaz, and the tenth chrysophrase, and the eleventh Jack, I don't know. And then amethyst. And the 12 gates were made of pearls, and each gate from a single pearl. Wow. How big was that clam? If <laughs> the pearl, it was like, it says here, and it says here, um, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Amen. This is the very thing God was trying to get to. It's not about a building. It's about the beauty of the Lord. It's he is the one. It says here, um, and, and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city. And the Lamb is its light. Amen? No more darkness. The light is there. The nations will walk in its light. And the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for the medicine or the healing of the nations. And no longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord 
will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. How many of you know that's a pretty happy place? That's where we're going. That's as the believer, that's our hope. And this is sometimes, you know, we're not talking about this enough. Everyone just kind of is just, it's like, oh, it's like, no, this is where we're going. This is, this is what we're going to be a part of. And our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But there is no evil. Why? Because that light, Jesus, that light shines. Darkness is not allowed to be there. There is no night. There's, he is there. Amen? He shines. That's it. It's done. And so how do we do this now, though, in our own lives, in, 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 in everyday living now? Because, you know, the Bible says don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. So in other words, there is more. The Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? So there's more for us than there is against us. The devil lies to you and me. He tries to make us think that things are stacked up against you, that there's far more against you than there is for you. He tries, to, he tr he tries with so many of us at different times, just bring us down to a place where we do not see what is available to us. That, that light extinguishes darkness, but we need to grab a hold of that light. Amen? How do we bring that light into our lives? Well, First John says this. Um, Actually, I'm trying to think which one we should go to first. Um, yeah, let's go to First John. Well, let's actually, let's go to John 8. Um, we're going to look at Jesus here in action because Jesus, the light, when he walked on the earth, we see this over and over again. Darkness just had to flee. Sickness had to flee. Anything that he encountered, it was turned around and it was changed. And in this situation in John 8, um, we're going to start at verse 1. Jesus entered to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. And a crowd, crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and he taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Now, this is interesting these are teachers, Pharisees, teachers of the law. They should have been there listening to Jesus. Here's someone speaking words of life. And, but what are they off doing? They're off hunting down a woman who's committing adultery. For those who don't know what adultery is, it's cheating in marriage. It's sleeping with another person you're not married to. We have to break this down because in today's day and age, people don't understand fornication. They don't understand adultery. Don't understand these things. But the Bible makes it clear. And this woman was cheating on her husband. Not a good thing, right? But they wanted to trick Jesus. And they're out hunting her down and catching her, the Bible says, in the act of adultery. How many know that's not a very good situation? Right? And Jesus is having this moment where he's teaching and, uh, and they throw her down in the midst. It says here, teacher, they said to, to Jesus, this one was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? 
Now here he's been just pushed into a corner. How many have been in that spot before? You feel like you're just, you're, you're stuck in this spot. But you know what? Jesus never, he, he was so full of life, so full of light. He knew what to do in every situation. And it says here they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. How many wonder what he was writing? But he was just writing, you know. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. Just kind of let it light. His word brought light into the situation. And they all were like, and he was writing, I think he was writing some of the sins, ones that were maybe stubborn and didn't want to acknowledge it. He just kind of wrote it in the sand for a little. But who knows? We'll see. When we get to heaven, I can ask. It's one of my questions. I have a list. But he kept writing. And it says, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again, and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, she said. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said, this is what he used it as an illustration. And he says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk. You won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. You know, that woman there was condemning herself. She probably had so much guilt, so much shame. Um, who knows why she got into the situation she got into, but... Jesus came with his light and his love, and he shone through all of that, and he was able to bring perfect love, perfect forgiveness, and bring life into a situation where she probably couldn't have, she would have been crippled, but he brought life. Amen? And this is what he wants for each one of us, and this is what he wants us to bring to this generation. We have such an opportunity in this day and age that we're living in, people are like, oh, it's so dark, it's so dark. No, it's not. Yeah, darkness is doing its thing, but we have so much light that can extinguish the darkness. Amen? And there can be a real good show going on here where it's like, some big fireworks. The days of, where Elijah, he challenged the prophets of Baal. You know, what did it say? It said they were a multitude and they were in the valley of indecision. They didn't know which way. And, and Elijah had to challenge them. Who are you going to serve this day? And they all just stood there. Ah, uh, we don't know. Let me Google it. That's where we're at. Let's Google it. I can't think for myself. I don't know what I, I know. I don't. 
That's where we're at. You, like, at some point, you got to take responsibility and say, no, this is where I draw the line. This is where I stand. This is what I believe. And this is where I'll die. Not, oh, I just, I don't know. Uh, God never, never, ever put you in that spot. The enemy puts you in that spot. Darkness messes with your head and puts you in that spot. But God brings light. His word, the entrance of his word brings light. He, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen? Jesus became that word. And it, it, and it brings that into your life and into my life. And so we, we've got to allow his word. Now, how do we do that? And, and this is one of the greatest ways that we do it. And the, the Bible makes it very clear. Um, if we go to 1 John um, 1, verse 5, we're going to go there. It says here, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So how do we walk in the light as he is in the light? How many have been in situations where um, when you're with one another, you know, God's been doing something in someone's life and they start sharing and they start, you know, bringing out something that God has done or said or a truth and, and it's like it wakes you up and you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't. It brings light into a situation. How many have had that happen? And it's like, because none of us can know everything. And his word brings light and it brings, uh, the, the entrance of his word brings that light into a situation. But it doesn't always come just from us directly with the Lord. Many times it comes with, with that fellowship with one another and walking with one another, and walking in that light. That's why we need each other. Many are thankful for the ones that have spoken into your life when you kind of were blinded in an area. We all have areas where we're blinded, or where we just don't want to see, right? Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's just me? Okay. And, and we have these times where, but, but as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And that fellowship grows as we walk in that light and we allow God to work in our hearts in those areas. 
acknowledging where we've messed up, acknowledging where we're falling short, because all of us fall short. But that's not where we stay, and that's the thing. Jesus said that his light brings, it brings life, but it, where it says this in, uh, I just read it, and I can't remember what it said exactly, but I love the way it said it. Um, it says that he, he gives life, uh, I can't find it. Because you will have the light that leads to life. He leads us to life. And so, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard, different things that we, 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 we deal with. Sometimes sin, you want to hide it. You want to, there's, there's shame with it. But if we bring it into the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. We confess it. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and to what? cleanse us from all wickedness he, he literally that that light washes away that darkness and that's why it's such a good thing to be able to have that with one another to when we come and meet together that it's not all but it's like being honest right let's not be plastic Let's be real. Let's be authentic. Let's be genuine. And let's allow God to work in all of our lives because as we stand together, we're all allowing him to do a greater work in each one of us. Amen? And his light brings, it brings life into our situation. John 3.16, we're going to read it 16 to 21. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, Amen? And, and he gave him so that we would, everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And then it says in verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, or another translation says to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. Amen? So God didn't come with a pointing finger and like, you did this, 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 and you're like stuck in a corner and you can't ever get out. He was like, no, I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to put you in a corner. It says here, um, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love darkness more than the light for their actions we're evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. And this is the thing that we all have to work through because um, we all have situations where we're afraid. We don't want someone to see certain things about us, right? And, but the light exposes those things. And so what do we do? We bring them to the light. We bring them to Jesus. And we, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that what? That you may be healed. So confessing those things and bringing that to the light, it, it spells the darkness. 
And he says here, so those that, that don't want that will hide it. But those, it says, who do what is right, come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And so we've got a choice. And it's, it's a tough choice sometimes, but we, we have to allow his light to bring life into our situations. It's not enough to just go to church, sing a few songs, do all of our things, but we don't let God work in our lives. We don't let his word come into our situations. We don't let him begin to put his finger on different things in our life and deal with them. How many have had a week where God just didn't bother with you and just let you get away with everything? <laughs> if you did, you're a liar. <laughs> because God is constantly, and not that he's poking us in a condemning way, it is always leading us. It's like he's drawing us, he's saying, there's more. You know what? You, you only see that, but there's more for you. You, you're, you see that in darkness, but there's more. There's more light here. And he just draws us. And he's like wooing us. And sometimes he uses people around us. Amen? To draw that out. But that's why we need that fellowship with one another. That's why we need to allow that working. Because sometimes our own individual time with the Lord only does so much. We need that with one another. You need that one person that kind of just gives you that kick. Or sometimes just that little hand that leads and encourages you, right? Some need the kick, some don't. Some need the little arm around them. It's just, come on, just go to the light. This is what he says. And, and it, but he promises that light will bring healing, will bring restoration. Paul prayed a prayer in Colossians. I want us to look at this. These are powerful prayers. There's a prayer in Colossians, and there's two prayers in Ephesians. If you, you don't know what to pray, these are guaranteed prayers. If you pray them, you, you can't have a bad day. You just pray these prayers, and it begins to open your eyes, and you see, wow, how much God's made available for me. They're perfect prayers, and they're, uh, this prayer here in, in Colossians, Paul is praying, and he says, he says, so we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. He says, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. How many would like to have complete knowledge of God's will in your life? That's probably the, one of the biggest questions I get. What's the will of God for my life? Everyone's like, what's my purpose? It seems to be, like, really high on the charts. You know what the first thing is to know the will of God? Number one, you have to die to your own will. Or you'll never know. You'll never know. Because there can't be two thrones. There can't be two kings. There can't be two rulers. You either, you have to die to your own will. That's the first step. Jesus did it continually. He never did his own agenda. He lived to please his father. He was the perfect example of a surrendered life. 
yielded to his heavenly father's absolute authority and he trusted him completely with everything in his life. He lived a surrendered life and he had authority because he was under authority. That was the only reason he had authority. People were like, oh, I didn't. no, he was under amazing authority. He was totally yielded and surrendered and therefore God was able to use him. So Paul here is saying, God, give them complete knowledge of your will and give them spiritual wisdom and understanding. It says, then the way you live will always honor and please the, the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And so the first step is knowing his, the knowledge of his will and, to, and have a spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's how you will begin to honor the Lord and please him in everything that you do. You know, <clears throat> we, we live in a, in a society where people don't seek out, like we have to seek out wisdom, the Bible says. If you read Proverbs, you know, wisdom is a woman. <laughs> in, in Proverbs, she has lots of good advice. And you seek her out. And you'll find her. It's, it's your wife. Husbands, <laughs> she's right beside you. <laughs> Just ask her. <laughs> no, they do have lots of wisdom. They do. I'm not mocking that at all. But, but the Bible does say that we, wisdom, you have to seek it out. It doesn't just plop down. The Bible says if you ask wisdom to what? To ask and it says, and God will give it freely. He's literally waiting. He's just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And we're like, going along, you know. <laughs> and he's like, ask for wisdom, ask for wisdom. He's waiting, waiting. Because he says, all you have to do is ask. And he, boom. It says he gives it freely. He's like waiting. Just, just ask, ask, ask. Because he's not going to violate your will. He, he, if he takes... That the, the right to choose, then he's like the devil. He just violates you and goes completely against you as a person. He won't do that. He wants us to ask. And, they, and that wisdom is there for us so that we can honor him, that we can please him, and that our life can produce something that's good. And, and, and so if something's not good coming out of our lives, the Bible, you know, there's a simple law of, of cause and effect. It's physics. Whatever, what, it's whatever you're doing is causing the byproduct. It can also be equated to sowing and reaping. If you don't like the outcome, you've got to sow something different. You've got to do something different. And so this is where we ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want in this situation? What is it? But, but what the devil tries to do is get you to blame this and blame that. This is so bad. And then I'm doing this because you did this to me. And uh, Come on. Blaming this and I'm blaming you and I'm blaming you. And meanwhile, you stay where you're at. Right? You just stay, we stay there. But, he, but if we ask him, he will give us wisdom. He'll give us understanding. Then Paul says here in verse 11, he says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all endurance and 
and all the patience you need, you need, and that you would be filled with joy. Amen? How many need a little bit more endurance? Two? Three? <laughs> we need endurance? How many need patience? <laughs> and I'll tell you, guys, these things can only come from God, and this is where we trump the world and the kingdom of darkness because they cannot get this. They can't get it. They're not going to get more endurance. They're not going to get joy. That's their strength. They're not going to get supernatural patience. That only comes from God. And his glorious power is what he, Paul's saying here. Strengthened with all his glorious power so that what? You will be able to watch Netflix for 15 hours. <laughs> Do the marathon. So what? No, so you can live out a life that expels darkness wherever you go. Amen? And he says here, always thanking the Father. So you're filled with joy and you're always thanking the Father. Why? Because we see how good he is. We see he has given far more for us than we ever deserved. And there is far more for us than there is against us. And when you know that, you are constantly thanking him. You're thanking him. If you're not, you're not seeing heaven's perspective yet. It's not that it's not there. You just don't see it. You don't see it yet. And it says here, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. So we have an inheritance, and it belongs to us because we live in the light. And that's unlimited resources. That's all of heaven's resources made available to us. Everything. And, and what money doesn't get you, favor will get you. And God, you know, God's not limited to money. He has so many ways of getting things to us. And he wants to unlock those things. And he says here that, and these are the things that we need to be expecting. This is what Paul was praying. That we, we are, we're, we're looking at this inheritance. We're, we're, we're seeing that it's because we live in the light. It says here for verse 13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Amen? So we're not in that dark place anymore. He's transferred us to what? To the kingdom of of his dear son, or the kingdom of light, who purchased our freedom and forgave us our sins. Aren't you glad? He forgave us. You might be holding it against yourself, but he forgave you. He forgave us. And he brought freedom into our situations. This is our inheritance. This is what we have, and this is the light that we can walk in every day. Amen? He's so awesome. I'm going to have the worship team up. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to take some ministry time. We're going to just 
take some time for the Lord to just minister to our hearts tonight. And we're going um, to sing that song again, Here's My Heart, Lord. And we're, um, we're going to just slow things down. You know what I find with church? You can get into this. As we come in, you know, you got three, you know, one fast song, three slow songs. And, and, you, and we're going to hear the word. And then you just get in this routine. But it's like we need to engage our heart in all of it. And sometimes we can get so much into the routine that we just miss the heart part of it. We've got to get another stand here. This is like... So um, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to let him speak to areas in our heart. And if you want prayer for anything, there, there's people here that will pray in our leadership team. Um, we want to stand with you in this, what God has. And all of us are wanting what God wants. But sometimes you just need... Um, like it says this in this song, you know, speak what is true. Sometimes he can just help us um, by just speaking truth into a situation where we don't hear the right things. <clears throat> Trish, let's just use the mic and don't bother playing. Just sing. It's just becoming distracting. Like, just take it off then. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working in each of our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us into all truth. And I ask that um, you begin to lead us in a path, bringing us out of darkness and into more light you know the thing that i've noticed with the whole covid thing is it really brought people to a place where their soul you know the, it, it brought their souls down and we need the bible says that he restores our soul and he can bring restoration to a soul and so sometimes just your will to do certain things, that's part of your soul, your mind, that's part of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. All those things get a little bit messed up. And so we want the, we want the Holy Spirit to begin to come into those areas. And I believe he's going to supernaturally speak to you things you need. And he's just going to put inside of you things that you need. And if you want to come forward for prayer, there's people that will pray with you as well if that's what you need. But just connect with the Lord first. Just give him your heart. It starts there. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.